This is a legacy episode of the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast, originally released as part of the Lesbian Talk Show podcast group. Some references may be obsolete. The show looks at lesbian-relevant themes in history and literature, has interviews and discussions about current historical fiction with queer female characters, including fantastic versions of the past, and presents new original historical fiction for your enjoyment. So this week, Heather Rose Jones returns to talk about some of her favorite historical fiction novels featuring strong women characters. I want to talk about two specific books that fall in the historic fantasy genre in general, like my own series. One of them is a book I mentioned in last week's show, which is Ellen Kushner's The Privilege of the Sword. Love that book. I... That book rocked my world. When it first came out, I read it. I was blown away. I had my heart broken. I was so blown away by it that I needed to not read it for a while again. Uh, It took me, I think, about a decade before I went back and reread it. So for those who don't know, The Privilege of the Sword is set in Ellen Kushner's Riverside world, which is it's an entirely secondary world fantasy, but the world is very evocative of old world Europe. I always get a feel that it's sort of 18th century-ish and very French-ish, but the names are kind of all over the map and it's not specifically tied to any particular time and place. But it is full of scheming aristocrats and political intrigues and daring swordsmen. And the specific book I'm talking about, The Privilege of the Sword, is about the Mad Duke's niece, who he invites to the city as a reconciliation with her branch of the family. And she thinks she's going in to be presented to society and, you know, balls and dresses and, and, and parties and all that. And instead, he puts her in boys' clothing and makes her learn to be a duelist. Uh, You can see certain um, echoing themes that ended up in my own work here. And she really falls into the whole romance of being someone's champion idea. She makes friends with another young woman who is, uh, you know, assaulted by her fiancé, by the the other woman's fiancé. And our heroine calls out the the assaulter and has his champion uh, you know meet her in a duel and it's, it's all it's all wonderful and adventurous and there is a theme running through it that she is discovering her attraction to women both in terms of this very passionate friendship with this other young woman and she definitely lusts after an actress that she meets at some point uh, and that just caught at my, my imagination, my heart, my soul, other parts of my body. And I so wanted it to be the story of the daring girls who save each other and fall in love. And at the end of the book, they haven't. At the end of the book, the heroine is, comes into her own. She is close friends with the woman that she fought the duel for, but they are not obviously romantically involved. There is one erotic scene in the book, but it's with boy. And, and I came out of it saying, it's like, you came so close. You came so close. You were almost the book of my heart. And that's why it, it, it took me a long time to come back to rereading it. Mm-hmm. And part of that was I needed the distance to be able to read the book for what it was and not for what I wanted it to be. And that is always so hard. Yeah. And it's so unfair to the author. Yes. And the other thing was, 
During that decade, I wrote Daughter of Mystery, and I needed to not go back and read The Privilege of the Sword until Daughter of Mystery was done, finished, signed, sealed, and delivered. Not because I was worried about being influenced or anything, but because I needed that closure. I needed to have written the book that I wanted it to have been so I could go back and appreciate Privilege of the Sword what for is. what it was. And I did this thing in my blog where before I did the reread, I wrote the review of the book I remembered and the book I wanted it to be. Mm. And then I reread it, and then I wrote the review from that point of view. Mm. Interesting. And, uh, it's, and I, I was able to see it a lot more clearly. And on the reread, you know, it was much more clear to me that, that Catherine, the, the protagonist, was in fact solidly bisexual and that this was not a betrayal of who she was meant to be. It, it was, you know, this is the character that she is. This is the story that should have been told about her. And, and it's okay. And it's also okay because I've written my own book by that. Well, and <laughs> if I'm, it's been a while since I've read, I read it. And then the other one, Swords Point? Yeah, Swords Point is the one about uh, Alec and... And, and uh, they're gay. So, yes. So there's a gay yeah. element, too, of uh, her uncle, right? Yeah, her uncle and her uncle's lover. Lover, yeah. So that was kind of... It was fun for him, yeah. that, too. And that's... Yeah, and, and I, I get the impression that the wild success of that book was why she felt able to write a book, you know, with a queer female character. Because, uh, I mean, when did Swords Point come out? This was back in... It's got to be 15 years at least. Uh, yeah, a, a while ago. And uh, and it was very much a new thing back then. Right. Not that queer people were new, but, you know, no. getting getting mainstream book contracts for writing fantasy about gay men was new. So the, the other book I wanted to talk about also has a, not, not so much a real-world historic setting, but a, a historically inspired setting, and that is T. Kingfisher's The Raven and the Reindeer. Ooh, I don't know that one. Which is, so T. Kingfisher is Ursula Vernon when she's not writing children's books. What is it? What's the book? The Raven? The Raven and the Reindeer. It is a retelling, to some extent, of Anderson's The Snow Queen. Okay. Except in this one, Goethe and the robber girl fall in love. And there's this wonderful line somewhere in it where Goethe is thinking to herself, it's like, nobody told me that you can kiss girls. I didn't know this was a thing. It's like, oh, that, that is so wonderful. But it's the reason I love that book is not simply that the central story involves two girls going on adventures and falling in love in the process, but because, okay, Ursula Vernon writes oddball characters and she writes... Um, animal characters so well and the titular raven and the reindeer are characters are the major characters in the book the raven is a talking raven and it is so raven-like that you believe that if ravens could talk this is exactly what they'd say and the sorts of things that they talk about and the reindeer comes into it there's a sort of a spoilery thing about the reindeer but but again there there is a reindeer character that is just very reindeery and uh, and does it also talk is it awesome? Uh, we're getting into spoiler okay. territory here. All right. <laughs> but, <laughs> and then there are some other animal characters in the process. But they, they, they go on this adventure. They go on this quest. Goethe goes on a quest to rescue her childhood sweetheart, what's-his-face, he's forgettable, from the Snow Queen and discovers in the end that maybe she didn't need to do that. Mm. You know, maybe... Maybe she was mistaken about him all along. And then she lives happily ever after with, with her rubber girl in the end. 
it's a fairy tale. It's a quest adventure. It's sort of young adultish in feel, uh-huh. but but not in a not in a genre way, but just in in a sort of a look and feel way. Mm-hmm. And it is one of the core set of books that convinced me that I am willing to try anything that Ursula Vernon writes. And I have not always liked all of her books, but that one, when when I tweeted immediately after re- finishing reading The Raven and the Reindeer, I believe the phrase was, I love this book with the blazing fire of a thousand suns. <laughs> <laughs> and that has been my motto ever since. You know, that is what, you know, even if I am, am losing some of the details of what I loved about it, what I remember is it hit me that hard. Yeah. And hey, queer girls having adventures in Lapland, fantasy Lapland, with reindeers great. and ravens. So T.K. F- T. Kingfisher. T. King is also Ursula Vernon. Is also Ursula Vernon, uh-huh. yes. Awesome. And she writes fabulous mythos stories. She, oh she has God. her own sort of American folktale mythos oh that, that she has a number of books set in, and, and it's just, she's wonderful. You know, it's always really dangerous to spend any time with you, <laughs> Heather, because I always come away with at least three books that I need to read, and now you've given me a whole other author that I, whose work I need to look into. <laughs> How did you how did you find um, how did you discover the Raven and the Reindeer? I think by then I was already following Ursula on Twitter, mm-hmm. which her Twitter feed is a thing of joy and a delight okay. and has chickens. Uh, has chickens. And, and recently some yaks. And it just Is it she just, in Lapland? Hmm? Is she live in Lapland? Oh no no she, no. Oh. She lives in, in the American South. Oh, okay. She is a character in her own story, and mm-hmm. you just need to like awesome peek in. Awesome, but uh, yeah. And how did you discover um, Privilege of the Sword? I think I had read Swords Point first, mm-hmm. and uh, that was back in the days when you heard about books by going to science fiction conventions rather than by by hearing about them through social media. It's so f- I mean, I read Swords Point when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I snapped up Privilege of the Sword, you know, the moment it hit the other change of Hobbit's shelves. Um, yeah, mine too, for sure. So that was back in the days when, you know, book discoverability was you walked in the door of a bookstore and you said, hey, Tom, uh, what's the new books that I would like? And he yeah. tells you and you do. What a day. Remember those <laughs> days? Yeah. Tom, Tom turned us on to... Um, We're talking about Tom Whitmore, who was one of the co-owners of The Other Change of Hobbit Bookstore Which was in Berkeley. a wonderful bookstore in Berkeley. But yeah, he turned Peggy and I on to um, Mercedes Lackey, mm-hmm. her Oathbound, yep. you know, series, which I was convinced we, were, we, we slurped those three books up and loved them. And then one day, scrolling through the television, we see these two characters ride by and we're like, oh, look it, it's Tarman Kethry. <laughs> but no, it was Zena and Gabrielle. <laughs> So, yeah, the rest is history with that. But um, yeah. yeah, he. I think he probably put "Privilege of the Sword" in my hand, or if not, caught my eye because it was a girl with a sword mm. on the cover. Yeah, and and that was how I used to discover books. I would, you know, wander in the bookstore about once every couple of weeks and look at the rack of you know recent releases and uh, and, and buy more books than I could possibly read. Absolutely. Are there? Um, so this is an author that you follow, this T. Kingfisher and Ursula Vernon. Do you have any other authors that whose books you might buy sight unseen just because they wrote the book? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I am a major fan of Beth Brnovich's uh, fantasy stories. Uh, she's writing now under Claire O'Dell, and I have reviewed a lot of her books on my blog, so just check them out. She, her current series is uh, definitely not my usual thing. It's uh, near-future, post-apocalyptic oh. uh, thrillers uh, inspired by Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, oh, only turned into queer black women. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Wow, uh, that's the, great. The politics hit a little bit too close to home. She had to rewrite bits of the first book after Trump got elected because suddenly <laughs> it needed to be more fictional. <laughs> Right. But she also has uh, a series from uh, when when she was writing under her, her, her actual name previously that is set in this alternate world. The, the titles are coming to me out of order, but uh, Queen's Hunt is one. And, and the, there's a new one from that series that is just about to come out, The Jewel Bright Sea, uh, which the, these are all linked together because in this world uh, you, you reincarnate Mm. Um, and you sort of follow people you have connections to through time. Oh, interesting. Except you're not always synchronized with each other. Oh. But then on top of that, it's like, you know, politics and intrigue and adventures and, and fun and magic. Um, and All pretty good. much anything she writes, I will buy mm -hmm. because even when they are in genres that I'm not usually a fan of, I know I will enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Who else? Um, well, another author that I have really been enjoying queer books from is Catherine Lundoff, who oh, has yes. sold two stories to my audio fiction series. I don't read everything of hers because she, write, she writes horror, she writes erotica, and some other things that, that are just not my thing. I think I grabbed but, one or two of her books because you gave them rave reviews. Yes, that name and, definitely uh, sounds familiar. When she hits the genres that I like, I love what she does. Um, and, awesome. and of course, you know, of course, you can tell I love her writing because I buy it for my podcast. Right. You know, I, I worry that I am going to forget somebody uh, because I'm not really good at coming up with people off the top of my head. Now, yeah, I kind of threw that question um, at you, but it's, I'm always curious. Yeah, when, when I actually want to make lists of authors I love, I, I go through my, uh, my reviews and my database. <laughs> my database, yes. Your database, of course you do. Um, so, so I'll leave it at that and say, and there are many other authors that I desperately love and will buy immediately sight unseen. I just don't remember who they are right now. <laughs> well, that's a blog for another day. Oh, well, so Heather, thank you so much for taking the time to share your top historical books with us. Well, it thank you so pleasure. much for inviting me to be on my own show. <laughs> it was a delight. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Lesbian Historic Motif podcast. See the show notes for links to people and topics. Most shows will have a transcript linked as well. If you have a book announcement, a topic suggestion, or might like to appear on the show, please drop me an email. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider supporting our Patreon 